Welcome to CougarCast with Keith Schertz and Tosh McIntosh. CougarCast, covering BYU football and basketball. Email the show, cougarcast at gmail.com. And follow on Twitter at CougarCast. Daily Herald, Utah County, name of the year, Tosh McIntosh. Tosh, we won! We sure did. We uh, are not the worst in the country. We, and that feels good. We, we were worried we might be the worst, and we have found out that we are not the worst. We are not the worst. We were able to pull out a win, and... I was kind of grateful to see a lot of the principles and things that we talked about that they needed to fix in order to do better against San Jose State. We saw a lot of those things at play. I thought that they did a lot of smart things with the pass game to really unlock what Tanner Mangum does well. We ran a very different offense than we had seen. And I will give Ty credit. He has adapted multiple times this year. And we ran the offense that we were yelling at the TV that we wanted to see against ECU. But we saw that style of, uh, or a lot more of, uh, yeah, just play backyard football, send guys out on some deep crossing routes, give him, you know, one or two quick reads and throw the ball. We, re- we saw that style of offense on Saturday. And I think, I had said to you, I think it was pre-pod last week, but I had said to you, the guy at running backs, KJ Hall, I, I think that. That was borne out as well. I don't know how injured he is again. His breakaway speed looked great on it that did. big long run. When he, I love just. We haven't had a running back that could outrun other teams' secondary for a long time, and so that uh, one. Jamal great. Williams was there last year. Tosh. He couldn't outrun. He would always get caught. <laughs> he was fast, but he wasn't the fastest guy on the field. KJ looked like he might have been the fastest guy on the field in that play. Yeah, he was He was cruising. There's no question about that. Do we know what type of injury? Or, uh, the, nowadays, they don't sell squats. I know. It's, there's we know like that zero it's a, info. It's a day-to-day thing, so it's not season-ending. He might play this Saturday, but I don't. I just wonder yeah. how much, even if he plays, if he's going to be the same KJ we saw last year. Yeah, week. there's no information right now about KJ Hall. Nothing was said during Kalani Satake's press conference yesterday. There, there isn't any information for us to know about his status for Saturday against the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs. But we also don't know what Ula Tulatau, yeah. what his status is. He, he did not play against San Jose State, and so he wasn't available. But it doesn't matter. It, it appears to me that we, they finally found their guy. He's been out all year. He got injured against LSU. But K.J. Hall seems like he might be the running back. Yeah. Um. That being said, if there's no K.J. Hall, no Ula Tulatau, that might be problematic against a team like Fresno State. But we won't go full on there. Um, Tosh, they got a little more aggressive sending pressure defensively. Yes. We, we defensively played the game that we've wanted to see. Where We've only seen that against Utah State and then now against San Jose State. We need to keep playing state schools. That's the only time we've been able to get any sort of sacks and defensive pressure. And that changes a whole defense's ability when you can put some pressure on the quarterback. I, of course. And it makes things a lot tougher. I actually thought that, uh, you know, BYU did a nice job. They got the harder of the two quarterbacks. Montel Aaron was back instead of Love last week mm-hmm. for San Jose State. So 
Aaron was a lot tougher, but he he appeared to be a pretty good player, and they gave him some trouble last week. I thought that uh, Wilcox did a pretty good job filling in for Troy Warner. I thought that the defense as a whole was pretty sound. Fred Warner's beat up, man. He's not right. No. But he's still playing. He's still he's he's a game time decision this time too. So here was another thing that stepped up though. My takeaway from the game, someone at work asked me, so what did you see in the game that we didn't already know? And I thought, you know, we knew most things, except my biggest takeaway from the game was Morgan Unga. That guy looks like a player. Mm. Like I had never seen him play before. He's a walk-on. That guy made a lot of great tackles, and he also, in pass defense, I would watch him, his closing speed on guys that were open, that all of a sudden he burst and, and made a, a, a deflection. I, I think that guy's going to be a great starter for us next year. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I I noticed him once or twice. I'm surprised that you were you were so impressed. Was it just that once or twice? And, and... No, I would say more than once or twice. Enough that... I'm like, that guy's really flying to the ball. Multiple pass breakups. Um, he had a sack. Right. He had eight tackles. Oh. Um, All right. Yeah. So he was more he was more in it than I maybe initially had realized, but uh, maybe another bright spot for them. Because, to... the, yeah, the players that really stood out to me were him, um, K.J. Hall. Right. And then I would also say Mangum, it's the best game we've seen him from him in a long time. And then the one that was Jekyll and Hyde was Micah Simon. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of touchdown catches, but also a couple of bad drops, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but but that's bound to happen. I mean, sometimes there's going to be drops, especially when some of the rhythm is off. But a lot of really good things that we saw from the receivers. Um, and I was I was very impressed with with what they were able to do. And, and part of it was is that they were playing lesser talent, but San Jose State had been pretty good against the pass. They were 40th in the country. I think they were 43rd, if you want to be exact, yeah. before playing BYU. But BYU was able to be effective in the pass game against a relatively strong pass defense uh, as the season has gone on. And, uh, and I, I actually think that, you know, that they've been able to uh, execute. And again, I, I think that was because they changed the basic principles by which they decided to pass. They just, I mean, it's, it was a massive shift last week yep. between their, their approaches. Tosh, one of the questions that I wanted to, cause I've seen people say like, okay, well they turned the corner last week. Um, you can't take into account the first eight weeks of the season because now they have an identity. They have figured it out. They've righted the ship, and the momentum is coming. Um, are you ready to say that, that uh, the first eight weeks were an anomaly, and now, now we can just ignore all of that data and information? The reality is we got to look, at the ho- we gotta look at the whole thing. And so you're an idiot if you're only focusing on this last game and you think we're like a whole different team now. But you're also an idiot if you – or just ignoring that. Like, I think there's people on the other side. They're like, ah, oh, San Jose State sucked. Who cares? And it's like, yeah, but we got beat by several other bad teams this year. Like, we are making progress, but we don't know who we are right now. Well, and they won comfortably. That's the other thing that, that tells me a lot. Because, yes, it, they could have gone out and 
kind of eked it out. But what they did is they made adjustments that allowed them to be comfortable against the team against San Jose State. Not everybody has been able to be comfortable against that team this yeah. year. BYU was able to do that. And that told me a lot. And they looked like quite the better bit. team in every aspect of the game. They did. That's the first time we've been able to say that. Yeah. It, it, all year, yeah. including Portland State. Exactly. Um, I think that, that that is a huge development then for this team. And I, and I have to say, I think that they responded well. And I think that there's a lot for us to learn you know, we said this like four weeks ago on the show, but there was so much to learn. The rest of this season was going to be learning about what the coaching staff was. Yep. And that continues to be magnified. Uh, there's been people who have argued with me where they have said that there's nothing else to learn. <laughs> there's nothing else to gain or no- knowledge or anything to, uh, you know, kind of evaluate the season's lost and you can't judge the coaches negatively or positively on on what's happened based on what happens against Fresno State, UNLV, Hawaii, UMass. I, I think that I think that that's improper. I actually think that these games count for a lot. And if they can turn around and and you know win three of the four, um, that tells me about some of the stick-to-itiveness that they might have and the ability to make some adjustments because we were well on the train to lose in all those games. Yeah. And, um, and that would have told me a whole lot about these coaches. If they go one and three to close out, that That's tells me a lot. If they go on four, obviously, but like <laughs> if they go one and three, that t- I think that informs a lot. I-, I actually think in the next four games, we are going to learn a whole, whole lot about what you have in these coachings. And the one fun thing that is ironically funny for the situation we're in is that we have something to play for every game now. If we lose, bowl game's gone. So our only chance is every game, our bowl game dreams are living or dying with that game. (laughs) It adds another dimension to these last four. The six and seven bowl game going Cougars. Can you imagine, though, if we somehow ended up seven and seven? Like, that would be a great finish. That would be. It would be. I'm not betting on it, sadly. I'm not betting on it either, but it is is interesting, and I think, yeah, uh, the irony that here they are, and they've actually played their way into a scenario where there's a lot of intrigue here for these November football games. Yep. So your two-win, two-win, FBS victory BYU Cougars, they are heading down to Fresno, California, taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs, Bulldogs, new look this year, and uh, what a difference a year makes with a coach. Last year, or was it? I guess maybe it's two years ago, but we absolutely killed Fresno State at home. wasn't even close. Well, the Bulldogs have turned around. Jeff Tedford did not do very well for the Cal Bears, but he has gone to Fresno State this year. Has done very well there, five and three on the year. They have three losses this year. And uh, they're respectable, Tosh. Alabama, heard of them? I have. They're a pretty good team. Pretty good. They lost to Alabama. Also lost to Washington. They started their season, right? Two of their first three games were against teams that were in the playoff last year, Tosh. Yeah, it's wild. So whenever you want to complain about BYU's strength of schedule, (laughs) just just remember. Um, Then it got a little bit easier. But as they've played other Mountain West Conference teams, they've killed it. And then... Five straight wins against Mountain West Conference teams, and then what happened? They played 
UNLV last week and lost 23-13. to In a real shocker because, I mean, they had beat a lot better teams than UNLV. No one expected that, so it really shocked everybody because – San, it, it really everyone thought the West was going to come down between Fresno and San Diego State, and it still looks like it is. And then Fresno crushed a really good San Diego State team, beat them twenty-seven to three. Yep. And so this Fresno team is good. They so, did it, and, and the running back Rashad Perry, Penny at uh, San Diego State is yeah. really good. He didn't do anything against that Fresno State defense. And I guess that's I mean that's the thing that we need to talk about is is Fresno State what they do really well is, man, they play defense. They're top 25 in the country in pass defense, rush defense, and scoring defense. <laughs> That's the big three. So, they, and every <laughs> on the scoreboard, by yards, and both of those, they're yeah. killing it. So this is a really uh, talented defense. They've played some really tough teams, top 25 in the country in all three sections. So well-rounded. They can stop the pass. They can stop the run. They keep people off the scoreboard. And uh, really, they do that by keeping it out of the red zone. Um, they force a lot of punts. They don't have to do the bend but don't break thing. They they're really very good at uh, <clears throat> at at forcing people to to have to punt away. So, a uh, couple guys to watch for on the defense for me is, is you've really got to pay attention. Again, their middle linebacker Jeffrey Allison. Jeffrey Allison leads them in tackles, and again. He's just going to always be in the right spot. He's forced a couple of fumbles this year, Tosh. Um, playmaker for them. Uh, on the outside, they have Jaron Bryant. Bryant is an awesome corner. He has three interceptions this year and uh, has taken one back to the house. He's also uh, defended four passes. So um, he's he's pretty solid player out there on the outside. So Jaron Bryant, Jeffrey Allison, those are the guys to watch for on the defense. And frankly – because of how good their defense is and how bad our offense is, I just want to talk about the more important side of this game. And I'll, and I'll turn it over to you to talk about some of the offensive guys for the Bulldogs. But essentially to me, Tosh, this game comes down to how good is the BYU defense on Saturday? Yeah, that's how we're going to win this game. We have to, Our defense has to keep us in it and keep the scoring low because – don't get fooled by last week's offensive production. That is not going to be the norm. We're taking baby steps, but we are going to need the defense to keep Fresno State down. And Fresno, what's the threshold? Is it twenty-one? If Fresno scores over so, twenty-one, we we can't score twenty-one against this Fresno State D. Is that right? I feel like that's pretty fair. Without without a defensive or special teams touchdown or something weird. And Fresno State is not going to give us a lot of snaps. I mean they. They control the ball. They have a very good balanced rushing attack where they have five, really six running backs that are averaging over five yards a carry. Right. We've been dying looking for one. <laughs> they don't – I mean, Jordan Mims gets their most carries, but they really play a true running back by committee, and all of them are getting a good average. What that says to me is their O-line is good. You know, and so – they're, they are running a very much ball control, run the ball, and then at the same time... And different angles, right? There's, there is spread. So the ball, the ball is going to go to the running back. They're going to come at a lot of different kind of angles. They're going to go outside, inside. Yeah. They'll run between tackle, between guard and center. They'll run, they'll run every outside. They will go sweep, full sweep. They'll do everything. And you think a Cal's old offense, and you think a lot of passing, at least I do, 
But it, it, he's actually ran the ball about 60 per, 60% plus of the time right. with this Fresno State team. Although when they have passed it, they've been effective. Marcus McMarion. Eat, drink, and be McMarion. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> he is very efficient with the ball. Seven touchdowns, only one pick. That's awesome. You know, 65% completion percentage. The guy has really been efficient with the ball. Eight eight point four yards per attempt, Tosh. Ooh, that's good. That's a great number. These this is a good Fresno State team. They, I, I would actually say right now that they would be my pick to win the Mountain West. And so we're playing a good team, receiving the ball. You're gonna love this name, Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson is their best receiver. He's a big play guy. Four touchdowns. He breaks long ones. He leads them in both catches and yards. Physical. 6'2", 200 pounds. I mean, he, he is able to be uh, – he's a possession guy, but he's got a little speed to him. I've seen him bust out uh, a couple of the long catches for them this season. Um, actually, defensively stopping Keyshawn Johnson will be huge. In the three – games that they've lost this year he's been contained that was one of the things the rebels did so good last week is they only forced they only allowed him to have four catches but it was only for like 35 yards or you know and yeah. so like they he he wasn't able to really dictate and kill us in that in that sense and so diane lake's got a, a task in front of him because i think you handle Keyshawn johnson who they like to go through they have other options but you have to at least take him away. If you can't take him away, yep. you're toast. He's their big play guy. He's their main guy that they're, that they're looking for. And so we need to see the BYU defense that has, we've seen in the last couple of weeks that is getting turnovers, that our defenders are getting the hand on the ball and passing. It seems like the start of the year that never happened. Right, deflected passes. Lately we've had a few picks. We've right. had some deflected passes. Batted balls. And part of that is the pass rush. We need to have some sort of pass rush because if we give this efficient quarterback just time, this could be another ugly game where he picks us apart. And with that, when you start rushing, you open up more run lanes potentially because you got to take kind of wider angles on that on the on the blitz. So those two defensive tackles, whether it's Handsome or or uh, Kyrus Tonga, Tonga. It's like they're going to have to be so tough and wrap up on those runs up the middle yep. that come with that. And so they'll be really big because, again, five yards a carry for multiple running backs back there. This is a tough offensive line. So getting pressure is going to be difficult against Fresno State, but will, again, be very important. By the way, to just get that correct, Keyshawn Johnson had only 21 yards. Four catches for 21 yards. So that's really limiting him yeah. there. That's how you know he won. And Fresno State only was able to produce – 16 points three of those came off the leg off off of maybe what name of the year contender oh yeah for sure contender jimmy camacho (laughs) the the kicker for the bulldogs great name and uh jimmy camacho he is solid he he makes a lot of field goals so yeah and, and he has a big leg like he's very accurate but he's made 50 plus yarders this year and so this is a time, like, even if we're, they're getting somewhat close, they're going to get points out of their drives unless our defense really comes to play. All right, so let's talk about game planning then, right? So we know that the side of the ball that we're going to have to win this game on is defense. If the defense doesn't do their job, you lose, no matter what. Yep. 
no matter what. We're not going to win a shootout. So it's not going to be a shootout. You're not going to win. So here's the thing. Your defensive side of the ball has to have the best game plan this week. Tosh, draw me up a little something. Give, give, me, give, the, give the folks some ideas. We need to play a lot more physical with their receivers. Like that has been this year. It's been weird to me because we have, especially Dion is a very big physical guy, but for some reason our scheme has been just to give the receiver space. And then, yeah, I mean, it's been terrible. Like their guys have just been running wherever they want. We need to be physical at the line. We need to get a pass rush. We should be the more physical team. Like, BYU should be the more physical team, I would think, most years against Fresno. We, that is that our would own, be a possibility, sure. That is our only way we're going to be able to win this, is if our D-line can out-physical and, and really get to their quarterback. And if, our, if we're letting their tall athletic receivers get to their places, we're in for a long day. So you've got to have the middle linebacker, too. You're not going to be able to drop Butch as much as you'd like because he's got to fill in – if you're going to get more pressure on that quarterback and send more blitz, right, yeah. then your, your, your middle has to stay there just in case of a draw or a quick handoff or any of those things. Butch Pau is really going to have to clean up yep. anything that comes between the tackles on the runs. And, and Talkie Talkie's going to need he, – he's looked like his old self lately where even if he wasn't getting the sack – that you were watching him thinking, oh, 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 he might get there. Like he's getting, he used to be that guy almost every pass play. It seems like he's kind of getting back there. Here's the last random thing I want fans to look out for. They've got a guy, one of their running backs, Josh Hockett, they've thrown multiple passes with this running back this year. Every time he's thrown the ball, it's gone for a touchdown. Yeah, that's awesome. So I would not be surprised if we see, you know, Fresno really do some, even crafty stuff, watch for the halfback pass from Josh Hawkins. Well, and that's something that they'll always do is, is they'll always package things in kind of a goofy way. But that's a great pickup by you. So red zone issues or uh, if they have to go for two at some point, like that seems like where they might go to the running back to if let him If that throw. running so back Hawkins in, they need to be ready. They need to get ready thinking about it. he might – especially if there's a toss to him or something. Of course, that makes it hard because then do you, if you close yeah. too hard, yep. that's, a, that's, a, that's a big problem potentially for them to defend in the red zone. So that's, that's where you got to think about that. So good, good pickup on that, Tosh. Um, that's the defensive side of the ball. You have to be able to be sound and limit them. Take away Keyshawn. How do you do that? How do you, how, I mean, give some of the, the principles of that. If you're going to say, okay, star receiver – we're going to neutralize what he's able to do. What are some of the techniques that, that, that Lysa Tuiaki can do to try to make that happen, other than just getting pressure on the quarterback? So some of it depends on what the guy, what his tendencies are. But, I mean, the big thing is, like, yeah, with any receiver, if he can't get to his spot, so much of passing is timing. If you can jam that guy at the line, if you can take away the inside, you know, and make – Force guys to where you have help. You know, that's the thing that I'm just not seeing this year. That's what things he can do, though. He can do a safety over the top or where he's given him, you know, outside help. So then the corner can come up and play inside and just really, no matter what, not get beat inside. And he knows he has help outside. So you use the sideline as an extra defender. You try to force things that way. If he comes inside, then Fred Warner or... Uh, well, Jones is hurt now. Um, Jones was good. Pulsiver. Yeah. You know, these guys are going to have to step Morgan up. Morgan Unga, I bet we see him Morgan again. Unga. Yeah. Oh, man. So the point, though, is, is they're really going to have 
Morgan Unga, if it's him, that's quite a test and kind of because he's fresh. You know what I mean? And so it'll be really interesting. I would love to see us, and the coaches must have a reason why. I would love to see us run more man-to-man, though. That's been – we finally I finally feel like we have corners that are capable of running man-to-man. Right. It's just baffling me how much zone we're running. But there must be a reason. <laughs> but that's what I would love I, to see a game where we just have da- – Day on just I, like let's have him. He just follows Keyshawn wherever that guy goes, and let's just try that one. Game. Yeah, but if you're gonna play man right, isn't part of the issues that both your outside backers have to be able to cover a lot of space, and yeah. they either got to go man or they've got to be or really good at safety. zone principles. You're safe. You're either gonna have to have a safety so, or outside linebacker. Well, to so we don't. Last year we did it a lot more, but that's because we had Kainakua. Yeah. It's also because. We had Bernard was back there doing it. Who was and pretty dang good. Butch Pau was a little better last he year. Seems like so, he was healthier last yeah, year. And, so, and then Fred's not as healthy. So I don't know that they can go, man, full on against this Fresno State based on Fred being banged up because yeah. you're on Ungo or Pulsiver. Like, that, there's some yeah, problems I, there. Pulsiver's played great, but you're right. He's not, his strength is not going to be man to man against a tight end. And beyond that, you're worried about Wilcox potentially being a, a good man to man guy. We don't know yet with him. Yeah. We, we feel like. Like there's he, has a chance. The, he has the speed and, and athleticism. The it's just he hasn't proven it yet. Yeah. So those are interesting things. And that's something you're never going to get on another podcast or on Sports Talk Radio or whatever. Ten solid minutes of defensive game planning talk. <laughs> but if you are a football head like we are, um, we hope you've appreciated some of those things. If you have any ideas yourself, we'd love to hear uh, them. And so send them to us, cougarcast at gmail.com. Offensively, Tosh, to me, it's time of possession, trying to make those things work. Stay by the same principles that work for you. No more timing routes. Stop playing to get first downs. Play to get points. Go up the field and, and throw it downfield and see if those things can work. That's where Tanner's going to be able to make it work for more you. More double moves. You know, that's one thing I love is seeing you know, out and ups and things that make – if you watch the DB bite and then they're burned. If there's a lot of shoulder faking going on by by Tanner and it worked, it was great. Yeah. The, one of the things that Ty used to do a lot is, is he used to do just instead of just the shoulders, like a full arm <laughs> and and throw and hang on to it. Ben Roethlisberger does yeah. that famously. He's been great at it for the Steelers for a long time. But one of, one of the things that that Ty used to do all the time was actually do that. I actually would love Josh Rosen Rosen does it pretty well too, but. Where you actually take the arm and throw it like that, but of course you probably got to have big. You, you got to make sure you grip it. Yeah. But, but Ty didn't. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. The point though is, is that I would love to kind of see some of that. To me, Tosh, this is a field. This is one of those those games where you you're on the road. You have a bad record. You're overmatched in terms of confidence, identity, what you're trying to do at this point. It's a field position. Johnny Linehan's punting has got to be on point. I think he has an opportunity to be effective in that way. I think that if he's effective, that can really help BYU. He'll actually be big in this one. And then I think you just try to grind this thing out. You eat time. You keep it relatively low scoring. And you kind of do what UNLV did. I, I think that the way that they beat Fresno State is the way that BYU has to. They got to D it up, take away Keyshawn Johnson, get a few points on short fields, win the turnover battle, and uh, and win the field, po- win turnovers, and win field position, and give your offense a chance to work with shorter fields and and get a chance to score. And then we know Mr. Almanmatic, Almanmatic, <laughs> he'll get in there and start, start putting it between the pipes. But 
I think that that's how they're going to have to grind this thing out and, and, and get the win. I, that's what, what, what my impression is on what they're going to have to do. Are, are, are we in the same ballpark? Totally. That's the, the, the only thing I would add, I, I feel like everything you said is great. I think this game is going to come down to the turnover margin. I, I think if we don't win the turnover margin by a few turnovers, so then we're going to lose. You yeah, think it has to be two plus. If we don't get two plus more turnovers than they do, we're going to lose. Mm. Like, there, there's several ways we could win this game. But here's the reality. Vegas has us as 15-point dogs right. for a reason. Right. Like We opened at 11, and everyone's betting. Everyone's just jumped all over Fresno. <laughs> and it jumped up to 15 right away. And so, like, we're going to have our hands full in this game. Ty is going to have – the honeymoon is over of San Jose State. He's going to have his work cut out if we can put points up against a pretty dang good Fresno defense. And well coached. Jeff Tedford is always tough. He's always going to give you a lot of different things to think about. You're going to see trips and even diamond and stuff like that. Not diamond in the backfield like we used to do with the the rugby to toss, which was (laughs) – That was the strangest formation Which is a weird period of BYU football. But also like, you know, sort of kind of Gary Croton-y. You're going to see a lot of kind of Gary Croton type ideas out there. And that that's one of the knocks against Tedford. He overthinks it, similar to kind of Croton. And so it, it'll be interesting to see what comes of this one, Tosh. Uh, tough road game, a uh, team that you think is probably going to come out of the Mountain West as champions. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we were good, uh, a good BYU team against the champions of the Mountain West is a pretty good matchup, yeah. generally speaking. Uh so I'm assuming you're thinking this is going to be a, a tough weekend. Yeah, I put it to put it in perspective. I, I feel like this team is on par with Boise State, you know, and that we saw how that went. I, I think we're a little better. I think our players are in a better place development wise. I think our scheme has progressed since then. But, so it won't be as bad, except for now we're on the road. Exactly. So he, here's my here's my score. Here's my prediction. I'm going. Fresno State 23, BYU 17. Okay. That it, it's, not, it's not ugly. We're covering. We are covering. But what, it's going to come down to really our defense, I think, will play decent. But their kicker, having a kicker that can get points, even with, when you only drive half the field, that's a big asset that they have that we don't have. And that I think that's going to be the difference maker in this game. By the way. Matt Gay has made more field goals than anybody else. The most accurate kicker in America on Utah State. <laughs> Both of them wanted to be at BYU. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And that our guy, <laughs> he seems like My a dad, nice guy, but he keeps missing ones that no uh, college player should miss. Until we have a great kicker, I'm never going to hear the end of it. My father, every time I talk to him, Tosh, every time I have to deal with the the – the first scholarship you should give out is to the finest kicker you can find in the country. Here's the good news for your pops. That BYU has an All-American kicker that's on a mission right now that gets home before next season. Johnny Olroyd? Ol- no, a different oh, guy. Different I, guy. Oh, I love Olroyd. Jake, Jake Olroyd. Our kicking game will get better from a personnel standpoint. Well, we heard that about Justin Sorensen. And it did not work it out. It did not work nope. out. Um, so it'll be interesting. I hope you're right. But, uh, yes, he was a four-star guy, right, the kicker? 
Yeah. Skyler Southam. And yeah, that sounds right. He was an all-American four-star kicker. Yeah. So there is some good days ahead, perhaps, with the kicking. Uh, Tosh, give me your – if BYU to win, what's kind of a, a score that they'll have to put together for, for a win? If we win, our defense gets several turnovers and maybe even a touchdown. And so I, I think we'd win a 24 24- – 24-14 would be the win. So score. similar to kind of what happened last week, 26-16 for, for Fresno State. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Listen, I feel the same way. I, I don't see us winning this game. I, I think it's hard to go on the road and, and win. I desperately want to pick them to win. But the, the truth is is that we just outlined some of the injuries. Fred Warner's not 100%. We're on our second string uh, corner on one side. We are on like our fourth string. No, no, Pulsifer, I guess, was the original backup. But he... But we've he got a been, lot of linebackers. And we've got a lot of linebackers in, yeah. that are kind of coming in. And, and, you know, there's just been some, you know, Tapasoa and all these guys, Unga, have all been serviceable, but not really game changers. I don't know that they're going to be able to neutralize Keyshawn Johnson. I, I just, I struggle to see how we're going to be able to do that. And, and then also get, with, by, and also get pressure. And while we're giving pressure, be able to uh, stop the run or a, a draw or anything like that. I just don't see um, the strength up front to get get enough pressure. I don't think Corbin Kafusi is good enough to make the difference for us in that sense. Um, Uriah Leatawa, any of these guys that we've tried at defensive end, none of them are making it happen. And the DNs really would be the ones that would need to kind of just do that on their own, and mm-hmm. I, I don't really see that coming. So I think it's going to be a tough week, and I do think it's all about that defense making enough stops to make this happen. I don't think that they'll be able to do that. I think the, the final score will be 28-17. to 17. I think the Cougars go down in Fresno. Uh, I hope that we are wrong. Yep. Of course. Because then our bull hopes are alive. Bull hopes are still alive. <laughs> and we're free agents for bulls. And I, I heard the Rose Bowl committee is coming to watch this game this weekend to, yeah, right. to get an idea. <laughs> to... Do you remember how, You remember when that used to happen when, like, Rose Bowl committees would, before they were all assigned, they would come and visit and be at the game That's and see what cool the team fun. was like and yeah. stuff like that? That doesn't happen anymore. No. Mm. But if we get to six wins, we will be in a bowl game this year. I was reading, there's a lot of P5 conferences that aren't going to be able to get enough bowl teams eligible to fill up there. Right. This is a year, even at six and seven, we would for sure get picked. But step one, we got to find a way to win this weekend when we're 15 point dunks. You know what? And I'm not going to stomp on that. Let's keep fighting for it, baby. Let's oh, yeah. still believe. Let us still believe. I want to go bowling somewhere other than the Wilkinson Center this uh, this, nice. this winter. So. Yeah, me too. All right, with that, that will do it for this episode of CougarCast. We thank you very much for tuning in. At Lehigh Roller, check out Tosh McIntosh on Twitter. He's out there picking fights with Brady Papinga, <laughs> making friends with Donovan Mitchell. He's out there uh, getting, getting under the skin of David Locke, the voice of the Utah Jazz. He's got some. Uh, he's got some hot takes when it comes to conservatism in America. <laughs> out there, he's got some. Uh, what else? What else do you like to serve? Nathan for you. Nathan for you. The he's, Jazz and BYU. He's talking Those about. Are my yeah, he doesn't get things. into politics really. But there. if I did, it would be conservatism. <laughs> but not. But the really the the three that are my go-to are for sure. BYU number one, Jazz, and then definitely Nathan for you finds a way into his time. Yeah, you're finding, you're finding space for Nathan for you. Yep. In between 
you know, to tweeting out like your Candy Crush scores. So, nope, so that good. doesn't happen. Okay, all right, that doesn't happen either. And uh, you can follow me at CougarCast, where we're basically strictly only saying things about BYU sports. Ever. Or you're vlogging. You got a little bit of vlogging. Oh yeah, I, I need to. Say, what's happening is, is when I publish a vlog, it automatically sends something to my Twitter. Gotcha. I forget. I forget that that happens. But you're, I mean, you're still probably ninety nine percent BYU Cougars, yeah. and then. <laughs> And then a tour of different the Paris catacombs. Yes, if you want to go yeah. to the Paris catacombs, you can also check out my Twitter account. So uh, that is it. For, that's very unique. That's a very <laughs> unique blend. But um, anyway, thank you very much uh, for listening to the show. We thank you for the emails. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, that'll do it for this week. Go Cougars in Fresno. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to CougarCast. If you enjoyed this show, take the time out to give us a rating on iTunes. Also, look for us on vanquishthefoe.com. If that isn't enough, you can follow us on Twitter at CougarCast. Enjoy the games, and go Cougars!